the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. So in relation to shame and living a blessed life, one of the beauties that the psalmist says here about the Bible is that it is in essence preemptive and it is also redemptive. That nobody that I know wants to live life with regret. None of us, none of us wants to get at, their, at the end of their lives and, and have a, a long list of regrets. So live your life in such a way that you don't have regrets and the best way to do that is to live your life according to the Bible. It produces a blessed life. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Psalms. The Bible not only helps us conquer regrets of the past, but more importantly, it teaches how to avoid regrets in the future. Pastor Gary tells us today that once we've committed to studying God's Word, we will find ourselves making better decisions throughout our lives. If you have a past full of regrets, knowing that Jesus will take that burden and realize that through learning His Word, you will gain the knowledge and strength to avoid sin in the future. This will allow you to move forward with a discipline which will stop future regrets. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in Psalms chapter 119 for part one of today's message titled, The Blessings and Benefits of the Bible. We are continuing today with part two of our series through Psalm 119 that I've entitled The Blessings and Benefits of the Bible. The Blessings and Benefits of the Bible. While you're turning to Psalm 119, just again wanted to remind you that this is the longest psalm in the book of Psalms, and it also happens to be the longest chapter in all of the Bible. Psalm 119 is a commentary in the Bible about the Bible. 176 verses about the value of God's Word and getting it into your life. God says over and over again in this chapter, using different verbs, if you meditate on it, if you take it to heart, if you delight in it, if you obey it, if you do what it says, then there are inherent benefits and blessings within God's Word for your life. So the challenge to us is to begin to develop more of a discipline concerning Bible reading and asking the Lord to give us just a deeper love for His Word. 
Because the more we get it into our lives, it is just going to be a wonderful experience. And Psalm 119 is about all this. We're going to see in the course of our study how it will reveal to us all these wonderful truths about the relevance and the reliability of God's Word and how much just getting it into our lives will make all the difference in terms of the blessings and benefits that God will shower upon us. Now, last Sunday, we spent considerable time during the study time looking at the background of the Bible itself. How was it compiled? What does it mean that we believe that the Bible is the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God? We defined those terms last week. Why there are no errors or contradictions within the original manuscripts. And why it is reliable and relevant for our lives today. So that was kind of a foundational study last week leading up to digging out all of these wonderful truths from this chapter. I would encourage if you didn't happen to be here last week to go under our teaching library, under the archives, listen to it just so that you can understand better the foundation as we go into over the next several weeks unpacking Psalm 119. So this is going to be our summer focus for the rest of the summer. It's going to take us several weeks to get through this chapter. Uh, by the way, next week I won't be here. Stefan Chivigian is going to fill the pulpit for me. And there are a couple of Sundays in August I'll be gone as well. But I'll, I'll be back two weeks from now. In other words, whenever I'm here, we're going to just keep going through Psalm 119. When I have a guest speaker, they will be teaching something else. But this is going to be the focus of our Bible study really through the rest of the summer. Um, remember that there are 22 sections here to Psalm 119. Each section is divided by a different letter in the Hebrew alphabet. They have 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Each section is distinguished by that letter going in chronological order. And you can't see it in your English Bibles, but in a Hebrew Bible, every verse of that particular section begins with the letter of that section. And so today we're going to look at four sections, the first four uh, letters of the alphabet and those first four sections. So we're going to begin now to unpack Psalm 119 as we look together at all these wonderful blessings and benefits that are inherent in God's Word. Well, let's take a look here. The first section, verses 1 through 8, is the first section of Psalm 119. It is subtitled Aleph, which is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And it says this, verse 1, Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. And so last week I mentioned about how there are eight different terms throughout Psalm 119 that are descriptive of the Bible or the scriptures in general. Uh, in this first section, we see seven of those terms. He repeats one of the terms. And so again, notice in verse 1, he talks about the law of the Lord. In verse 2, he talks about his statutes. Uh, in verse 3, his ways. In verse 4, you've laid down precepts. In verse 5, your decrees. In verse 6, your commands. 
in verse 7, your righteous laws. And then again in verse 8, he repeats the word decree. So all these words are interchangeable for the scriptures or for the Bible. So sometimes I might refer to the Bible as precepts or laws or decrees. But we're talking all the same thing, the sum total of God's word. And the, the thing that stood out to me here from this first section between verses 1 through 8, for those of you who like to take notes now about the blessings and benefits of the Bible, the first thing that stood out to me between verses 1 and 2 is a reminder that it produces a blessed life. It, the Bible in our lives taken, taken in, okay? Again, the, the analogy last week was the Bible's like an aspirin. Aspirin has wonderful medicinal qualities and properties. It's kind of the wonder drug of the last century and a half. But it will do no good unless you get it you know, inside you. The same is true about the Bible. You can have it on your bookshelf and it has no value. You can call yourself a Christian. It has no value unless you read it, get it into your system, let it go deep in your soul. And, and one of the things he says here is that the man or the woman who follows after God and obeys the scriptures will have a blessed life. He uses that word blessed twice in verse 1 and again in verse 2. In verse 1, he says, blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. And again, he repeats the word, verse 2, blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. Now, word of caution, whenever we talk about the word blessed, we're quick in our Western American culture minds to immediately gravitate to the idea that blessing means material blessing. And that can be an aspect of the way that God pours out his goodness in our lives. But it is certainly not the and should not be considered the main way that God blesses us. In fact, the Hebrew word here for blessed is the word esher. Esher is spelled E-S-H-E-R, esher. And it literally translates, oh, how happy. Oh, how happy. In other words, the psalmist is saying, through simple obedience to God's word, you will live a happier, more content, more satisfied life. Okay, now, material things might weigh into it at some point because God, every good and perfect gift comes from the hand of God. But God's word is true and it should be able to be preached no matter what culture, no matter what place you go on the planet. So when you go to some remote places on the planet, you start telling people the blessings of God is in the form of material blessing, you've lost the true meaning of what this word means. Because the fact of the matter is that you and I have gone to places perhaps where people have very little materially speaking and yet... They have, because they know Christ, a joy and a happiness and a contentment in their life that transcends material things. Everybody understand that? So we got to get rid of this idea blessing means material thing. It can be an aspect. But the idea behind this word blessed is that through simple obedience to God's word, you and I will live a more content, peaceful, joyful, happy life. Why? Because God's word then steers us on the path that helps us to avoid things that could otherwise bring shame and regret. Now that he uses the word shame further down here in verse 6, if you take a look at verse 6, because he, he writes, he says, then I would not be put to shame. If I, if I follow God's commandments and his statutes, then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. This is an important aspect of understanding a blessed life. A blessed life in the truest sense means you have a content, happy, joyful life without regret or shame. You see, when we live outside of the commands of God, we open up ourselves to a lot of shame and regret in life. When we follow the commands of God, we, we reduce the likelihood that we're going to have shameful things that we regret. Okay, I've been in ministry now for 30 years. 
And I can tell you, I've met a lot of people who've had a lot of shame and regret about decisions and paths that they've taken in their lives. And I've spoken to a lot of people who were, you know, near the end of their life and talk about all the things that they did that they are ashamed of, all the things they wish they hadn't done, all the things they wish they had said or wish they hadn't said. And, and it's tragic to listen to people talk about their lives with regret. But never once in 30 years of ministry have I ever spoken to anybody who has done their best to live according to the word of God and then had regrets that they lived according to scripture. Not one person have I ever met that, that's, you know, I, I lived my whole life according to scripture and boy, what a bummer, it didn't work out. Never met that person. <laughs> it's a life without regret and shame when you live life according to the word of God. In Romans 10, 11, it says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Shame comes when we live outside the commands of God, but obedience to God's word produces a blessed life. Now, what I love about the Bible in relation to this topic of a blessed life, or particularly in relation to the word shame, is that the Bible is not only preemptive when it comes to shame, it is also redemptive. What I mean by that is that when you and I live according to the Bible and we we live our lives according to the standard of God's word, it goes a long way to preventing us. There's this preemptive aspect of the Bible. It prevents us from making terrible, sinful, unwise choices so that we don't have that much regret. So it's a very preventative thing. It's a preemptive thing. But then for those of us who, because we're, we're frail, we're sinful people, we're going to make some mistakes. Yet, and then we're going to have shame because of that often. Yet... The beautiful thing about the Bible, too, is that it is not only preemptive, it's also redemptive. Because then you, you read the Bible and you, and you read about how God loves you and he, and he forgives you of your sin and he's a God of grace, he's a God of mercy, and he washes over your sin and over your shame, and then there's that redemptive aspect. So in relation to shame and living a blessed life, one of the beauties that the psalmist says here about the Bible is that it is, in essence, preemptive and it is also redemptive. Nobody that I know wants to live life with regret. None of us, none of us wants to get up there at the end of their lives and, and have a, a long list of regrets. So live your life in such a way that you don't have regrets. And the best way to do that is to live your life according to the Bible. It produces a blessed life. The second thing that we see in the, in the next section is that it produces a clean life. If you look at the next section with me, starting at verse 9 down through verse 16, uh, it is the Hebrew letter bet. Uh, it is not a TH like, the, like a lady's name, Beth. It, it is a hard T in Hebrew, so it's bet. And it says this, starting at verse 9 down through verse 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Now, notice, if you would, key verses to me, verse 9 and verse 11. Verse 9, again, asks the question. He starts this section with a question. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. 
And then verse 11 is a similar thing. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So again, point number two from this section is that reading the Bible, getting it into your souls, produces a clean life. Now, this promise of a clean life or a pure life is to all. And I want to make that clear. I mean, verse 11 clearly is generic. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I think that's, that's true for any of us who apply God's word to their lives. There is, there is something about saturating your heart and your mind with the Bible, with the word of God, that naturally motivates you to holy living. That's the benefit and the beauty of the Bible. It cleanses and it saturates and it motivates us to holy living and it helps us to avoid sinful behavior. And while, as I said, this promise is to all, no matter what your status, no matter what your nationality, no matter what your gender, it it, it relates to all, that said... There is one particular group that the psalmist singles out about the importance of the Bible, and that group is mentioned in verse 9. What is the group that he singles out? Just shout it out to me. What is the group? Young men. Verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. So the promise is really open to all, but it is particularly relative to young men. Why? Because young men are on fire. Young men are on fire. There is something that is coursing through their veins that has ignited a passion in them. It's called testosterone. Have you ever heard of it? And testosterone changes cuddly, little, soft, playful boys into lean, mean testosterone machines with one thing on their mind. Now... Listen, this is a little biology lesson. This is why I have the drawing board here, friends. (laughs) It's not going to get too graphic. Relax. All of us have a little bit of testosterone, a little bit of estrogen. You ladies have a little bit of testosterone, but mostly estrogen. Men have mostly uh, testosterone, a little bit of estrogen. Okay? What happens in the life of a young man is when a boy gets to about 14, there is a surge of testosterone through his veins. But you ladies don't always understand this because you're not wired the same way. This is why you look at your men and you say to them, do you think about anything else besides that one thing? I can't believe, are you always thinking, you are disgusting. You're you're disgusting. I can't believe you. You're disgusting. I mean, ladies, let me say something to you. Here's the camera right here. Ladies, we're we're not as disgusting as you think. We're far worse. You don't want to know. Far worse. You know, ladies, you go around going, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? You don't want to know. Stop asking us that. (laughs) Now, what happens in the life of a boy who's 14 years old, surge of testosterone, roughly, average age. Then when he gets to be 18, it spikes. It spikes, and then it trails off. So if you were to draw it, it would kind of look like this. So he reaches 18, and it spikes, and then it trails off like this. And then he dies. <laughs> Thanks to Mark Gunger for that illustration. But th- this, this, is, this is the way kind of life is. 
And so that's why some of you ladies, I can't believe this. I can't believe. There's a reality here. And this needs to be understood. There's a physiological reality that intersects with the spiritual reality. It's the reason why the psalmist says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Notice he did not say, how can a 90-year-old grandma keep her way pure? (laughs) Grandma doesn't have the same thing going on. And this needs to be talked about. The psalmist understands this. This is a reality particularly for young men that young men need to get and that you who are married to a young man or have young men as sons need to understand. Because the physiological reality of what happens in this God-given surge of testosterone makes it, listen to this statement, I'm going to make it, makes it more challenging for a young man to live a clean life. I didn't say impossible, I said more challenging. Let me illustrate it this way. You know, some people who can eat anything and they just never gain weight. We hate those people, right? But they can eat anything. I shouldn't say that. This is church. (laughs) We we love them in the love of Jesus. but, But they can eat anything and they don't seem to gain weight. And then other people look at food and you put on a few pounds. Okay. Now, both both kinds of people can arrive at the right weight, but it's more challenging for some. Because whether it's high metabolism or low metabolism or whatever the thing might be, you can still both reach the same ideal weight. But for some people, it comes a little bit more naturally. For other people, it's a little more challenging because of what might be going on perhaps metabolically. We need to make reality and, and understand in terms of the physiological aspect of a man and particularly the surging testosterone in a, in a young man that there's a challenge that he faces. Not an impossible one. But a challenging one. And all the more reason why young men need to get the word of God into their hearts and into their lives. That's the reality. When it comes to dealing with temptation and sexual desires, getting the Bible in his heart is a particular help for a young man to rein in his God-given desires and urges. Again, this is a promise to all. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, Lord. But this is particularly important to young men. We are facing an epidemic of young men who are addicted to video gaming and viewing pornography. There was a study done by psychologist and professor emeritus at Stanford University by the name of Philip Zimbardo back in 2015, who did research that resulted in the publication of a book that he wrote. I'm not promoting the book or endorsing the book, but what he found was something that he called a crisis of masculinity, end quote. Because in his study of young men, what he discovered was they're obsessive, and that term can be defined, well, what defines obsessive? But in his opinion, their obsessive uh, preoccupation with video games and the viewing of pornography. And he spoke about it as a crisis of masculinity in this generation. He said, quote, it begins to change brain function. It begins to change the reward center of the brain and produces excitement and addiction. And he added, quote, what I'm saying is boys' brains are becoming digitally rewired, end quote, through video games and the viewing of pornography. Now, that's a psychologist speaking. So, as a pastor, let me say this. The Bible can rewire what was rewired in your brain. Okay? 
And that's the beauty of scripture. But let me speak a moment directly to the young men in the crowd. Young men, you need to understand why this verse is so important for your lives. And you need to understand the importance and the significance of the Bible in your lives. Your sex drive and your physiological changes of your body are quite normal and they are God-given. But it is like a river. A river that overruns its banks becomes destructive. Flooding and destroying lives and homes and crops and businesses. When a river overflows its banks, it becomes a destructive force. We're so glad you joined us for Pastor Gary's message today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching in the book of Psalms and that God is whispering the words of comfort and strength to your heart. If you'd like to learn more about Cornerstone Connection, visit our website at cornerstoneconnection.cc. There you can hear all of Pastor Gary's messages through this book, as well as the entire Bible. Be sure to check out the companion resources while you're there, found under the Teachings tab. These digital study guides are meant to give you even more insight into some of the studies Pastor Gary has done and are available free of charge to you at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about how God is working in your life. Feel free to join the conversation on our Facebook page or check out what's going on at Cornerstone Connection on Twitter or Instagram. We're here to chat with you in person, too. So give us a call at 703-771-1500. Let us know how we can be praying for you. That number again is 703-771-1500. That's all we have time for today. Pastor Gary will have much more to share from his verse-by-verse study through Psalms when you join us again, right here on Cornerstone Connection. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.